Hello and welcome uh, to the Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers Podcast, next episode of Between Two GMs. I'm Matt, your co-host, and I'm here today with my co-host, Nathan. Hey, nice to be here. So I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and get started. So we're interviewing Christian. If you could say your last name for me, that would be super awesome. Salian. Salian. The, yeah. Okay. I'm sure I butchered that. Um so, and, and Johan, we've uh, had you on before. Uh, glad to have you back. Yeah, and nice to be here again. We had such a great time talking about, about Morkborg uh, last time, and, and uh, I'm a, uh, a cyborg backer, so I'm going to ask the very important question that uh, all uh, cyborg backers in the U.S. named Nathan really want to know <laughs> is, when am I getting my damn book? Uh, so, <laughs> fuck's my book? fuck's <laughs> my book? I've seen all over Twitter, people are getting it and starting getting it in, in Europe now. So that's really awesome. It's nice to see yeah. it in people's hands and people are excited. So Europe, Australia. Be, be honest, you don't yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't mean that. It's not nice to see. You want your own book. I want it's, my own damn book. I think I think last we heard was that like last week? It's yeah. I think it was on a. I think the asset packs were on a train outside of Indianapolis by then, oh, heading okay. to the fulfillment center. So it's in the yeah. country at least. So you know. But but we also heard any it day stuck, now. Famous quote. Yeah, stuck on a train somewhere uh, around Indianapolis. Is, uh, I'm not sure what stuck means in this situation, but no. yeah, it's 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 there. there. It's not there have been some labor disputes yeah. going on, so Ooh. I'm sure that that yeah. didn't help. Uh, as you know, no, but it's uh, it's at least very nice. Feels good to have it all on one continent now. Yeah. So. So, so, so I think I'm getting a theme now. Is that every time we do these interviews, this is Nathan's like first question. We're just going to change this from between two GMs <laughs> to where's my book. <laughs> That's the whole motivation behind these interviews. I'm I'm, I'm catching on now. <laughs> I'm yeah, a right. selfish bastard. He's like so. a habitual Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah, well, of, I actually it, backed the Astro Lich's uh, supplement, uh, Cyborg supplement, the uh, the driving rules and all. So I'm wondering yeah. if I, I might actually get that before I get <laughs> your book. <laughs> I see people getting that too now. So yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. I should be getting mine soon as well. Hopefully. We'll see. So enough about me. Uh, <laughs> soon. Soon. Soon, TM. So I know what you guys do, but uh, Christian, if you could talk about your role and Johan talk about your role in bringing this product to life, uh, I'd appreciate that. So start with uh, Christian. Yeah, sure. Uh, So I'm the writer and I guess game designer of of Cyborg. Uh, Of course, the core rules is is Murkabori, so so Pelle did did that, but Mm -hmm. I adapted it and uh, rewrote it and uh, so on. And I guess I'm the the guy who who went to you one and said, uh, you know what? I think we need to turn this into an actual thing. Um, since I st- first started writing it for for me and my group uh, and and, uh, and the other Stockholm cartel members uh, to to play, but it uh, turned out well enough. So so I said like, hey, you want get on get on board with this and let's start doing this. Uh, because without you, it's not going to happen. Mm. Um, yeah, that was pretty much what happened. And I, my role is just like in Murkbori to draw and design, uh, graphic design this thing. I've done some minor edits as well, but ma- mainly it's been the, the visual thing. Yeah, visually it's, it's um, 
uh, is quite stunning. Different from Morkboard, you. You, you definitely recognize your 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 hand in it, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's quite stunning to, to look through. At least the PDF, I'm I'm sure you know, just like the uh, like the Morkboard book experience is different from the PDF. I'm I'm come can't wait. Uh, do, does the uh, does the spine glow in the dark? Um. It does actually. Yeah, I haven't tested it. <laughs> I had to think for a second because there were so many different things we wanted to do, and we bounced back and forth. But yeah, it should glow in the dark. Okay. Right. I haven't really t- tested it yet. Yeah, I'll try, try it out. Uh, but but yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a chunky book as well. I'm holding it now. It's like twice the page count from yeah. from Mark Bory. So, but I guess we'll 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 get there soon, soon enough here in the uh, in the discussion. But. Yeah. So one of the things I was really wondering is is um, uh, so I actually read this this kind of interesting thread on, on Twitter last night, and, and I should know better than than to <laughs> to do that. But uh, so uh, what was Christian? What was your idea behind kind of going after the whole uh, cyberpunk genre uh, with a a, a Morkborg spinoff? Uh, I mean, it basically started with me wanting to run a cyberpunk game in the year of 2020 uh, because of Cyberpunk 2020, which was mm. my first uh, the cyberpunk game. Um, and I, since then, have changed my my wants and needs from a rule system um, and couldn't really find a cyberpunk game uh, with a rules-like system that I liked and enjoyed and had the tone and feel that I liked and enjoyed. So I... And, and back then, Murkaboy wasn't released, but I was playtesting it and, and uh, helping out with some other things for it uh, and just felt that it, this could be a good fit. Um, so I started redoing it uh, or, or adding cyberpunk stuff to it and thinking about how it could work um, and then also at the same time developed I guess what the what I wanted from the from the setting and the world and one thing we all kind of agreed on uh, when we first started out and started discussing this what we wanted the the punk. Uh, to, to emphasize the punk in, in cyberpunk and not just go for a cyber style, but go for the punk mm. feel and attitude and uh, revolutionary or, or revolting, uh, I guess, uh, feel for it. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, I think the punk part shines through and, and uh, it's interesting that you're, you know, you started with, with cyberpunk 2020. So I, you know, Matt and I back in college played the original cyberpunk um, with a bunch of our friends. And uh, so that was, you know, late eighties, you know, or early nineties And cyberpunk back then is a thing. And it really hasn't really shifted forward a whole lot. You know, were kind of still stuck with, you know, uh, what we, not, I wouldn't say stuck, but we're, we're still thinking about what, we thought the future would be back in the, in the eighties and nineties. Um, so there's definitely uh, some of that aesthetic where it's more of a, you know, you're, you're taking a, a cable and plugging it into something to, to connect instead of, you know, today we have Wi-Fi and we all you know, carry computers around in our, in our pocket. Um, but so, 
it seems like you you kind of uh, kind of kept with that kind of image of, of cyberpunk and and modified it a bit. What's what's your take? A, a bit, uh, absolutely a bit. I mean, uh, um, I think that most. Uh, cyberpunk things today own something uh, to, to, to cyberpunk 2020 and, mm-hmm. and uh, or, or cyberpunk uh, from artless orion uh, and of course we also all go uh, everyone who do cyberpunk today go to the same well to fetch water we, we all go to to nero monster we all yeah. glance at matrix we all we have all seen altered carbon uh, recently yeah. and so on so i mean it's it's not that much cyberpunk movies and shows to to go to, and also all of those are also going to the same source as Blade Runner and the Neuromancer and everything like that. So it's gonna be similar in in some cases. And I mean, for the uh, we wanted some like physical things. We didn't want everything to be. Uh, virtual and and digital we wanted like physical hardware things to be uh, meaningful so so when we uh, did the apps uh, we described that they are on like cartridge cartridge and i see like GBA or, or or Game Boy uh, cassettes or cartridge. Which yeah. when I when I write that and when I think about it, but if you feel like see something different and think about them as micro SD cards or whatever, just go with that. That that doesn't matter. Those details don't matter. Whatever is cool to you, go with that thing. Um, and there has to be some kind of cables and something for the people who want that and uh, mm. we don't make the cables important uh, we just say that you need to jack into your cyber deck and if that mm-hmm. is pushing a button in, in, in the back of your head or putting in a cable or, or whatever that's completely up to okay. you because those details don't matter as much and both can exist in the same world and at the same time uh, so when we did the RCDs, which is our um, cell phone replacement with mm-hmm. with its retinal um, communication device, so so it's glasses or VR headsets. It it may be like mirror shades or cyber eyes or a gigantic rig that you wear on your head. And one person can have that gigantic rig and the other person can have cyber eyes and it doesn't matter. They do the same thing. You get the same benefits or or same possibilities from it. Just pick whatever you decide is the coolest thing uh, for you and for your character and for your game uh, to wear. Because exactly how things look, it's, I mean, that's going to vary. It's going to be fashion in those kind of things as well. And and maybe you, you really like the fashion of five years ago or you can't afford to upgrade so that's why you have a gigantic rig uh, instead of uh, the latest uh, acgs uh, tg labs uh, cyber eyes uh, kind of things yeah i find that interesting when you look at other uh cyberpunk uh, cyberpunk style games you see a lot of um i'd call it gear porn Yep. Uh, or there's just mm. tons and tons of gear and there's really very, very minute differences uh, from one to the other. And it's like, it's a, 
And that's, I think, that's part of the thing that's kind of limiting to the accessibility of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if I if I have to spend like two hours coming through and trying to you know, determine, okay, which one is going to give me the, the uh, in my budget and within, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going to reduce my humanity or, or whatever too much and also uh, give me the maximum point spread. You know, that's... That's a lot of work uh, if you just want to play a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also like the the more options that you have, I think the less the less free you are because I, at least that's how I see it when I play. If I have a lot of things on the list to pick from, like I feel like there's not enough room for me to like invent my own stuff or there's not enough room for everyone at the table to come up with things. So mm-hmm. like this way, which <clears throat> I think you'll find in like Milk Boy as well, it's very it's much more suggestions and just more uh, like vibes in a way so that you can come up with your own things. Just like Christian said, like oh, we just mentioned the RCD is something with which you can interact with the net, but it doesn't say exactly how it works or exactly what it is. That's up to you to decide. So yeah, we, we tried, we tried very deliberately to avoid the whole like uh, gear porn thing <laughs> you're describing. Yeah, uh, like there are there are of course like lists of inspiration and stuff because that's mm-hmm. fun, but it's not like these tables and tables and tables uh, of different, uh, you know, weapon parts or whatever. So, but you can add that too if you want, like with the third party license. So, it's very easy to hack. Uh, I was in uh, I was looking at itch earlier today, and there's already a bunch of people that are putting out uh, yeah. cyborg compatible. Um, and I just went, I, I, I kind of was thinking about it when you were talking, but you're talking about the, the cartridges. So when, when I read the apps section in the book, I was thinking like Nintendo Super NES uh, <laughs> yeah, when I was yeah. reading that. And I'm just picturing, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, something goes wrong and I have to take the cartridge out and blow in it. Totally. <laughs> 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 but I think, I think that works as well because like these things are, Super like um, uh, custom uh, like custom built, highly legal, and so it makes sense for them to be something very analog, which you can't track or you know it's yeah. it's not traceable on the net. So it kind of works, I think. Yeah, and you cool. want them, you want to trade them like physical things. It's uh, yeah. because these the apps are supposed to be like yes illegal and custom made, and they're they're not available for for sale. You can't just go to a store and buy the latest. Uh, kill every security guard in the closest uh, in, in, in within twenty meters app uh, off the shelf. You, you need to find someone who has it, and maybe you can copy it. But then maybe pro- you probably need the same kind of cartridge or, or some custom yeah. built thing to be able to find it. Because if you could just if you could just file share these on on Casa uh, or whatever, then then everyone should have would have all of the apps at all times, and, mm. and that makes for less fun of a game. Um, yeah. th- these have to be like powerful things because you can make powerful actions with them uh, pretty much. So, so having, They're like magic items in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or spells. spells you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think there's a lot of things in this game that are like that. Like it has an equivalent in a standard like fantasy game world. So we have the apps and we have the nanopowers and the cybertech and they all kind of, you can sort of mirror them in fantasy games, which makes it easier, I think, to uh, like come up with your own things if you're not that familiar with like playing sci-fi or cyberpunk games. So if you think of like 
uh, yeah, like apps as a spell scroll or cybertech as a, a magic item that you just happen to have, you know, attached to your body. Like I think for me, that makes it easier to just come up with something uh, and also balance it or not balance it. I think Nathan and I were talking a little early before, um, having read through the book, uh, some of the uh, similarities, they reminded me, what was it, Omens or Talismans? Because I've played similar games like The Strange, and I've been listening to a Numenera game. And so, yeah, I could definitely see where these were more like fantasy or contemporary, but those same concepts, especially with the apps, right, seem like this thing you've got. It's like an emergency thing, right? You know, you can... So, no, I thought that was really cool. Um, Definitely tone-wise, you guys, a lot of the cyberpunk games, right? It's dystopian future, dark future. This is like that, you know, 11. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I just want to read, if you guys don't mind, like one line from, from the book that, like, when I was reading it, really stuck in my head was, everyone is a liar and a cheat, and everyone wants more creds. And I, and I thought, okay, <laughs> this like sets the tone right up front. And I think there's somewhere else in the book, and I don't know how much I, but basically like the, the golden rule, right? Like you can, yeah. you can work, but they're always the bad guys, right? And so yeah. I it really set like a, 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 you guys really definitely went in for that. You know, again, after just reading the more, through all the more Borg stuff going over into Cyborg, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. From, from battle to punk. So this is, yeah, yeah. It, it lines up. And it, I think that part about the everyone wanting creds is is kind of like that's a that's a very important like setting and also like system building thing because money is a very very important thing like it runs the world this is a super capitalist system and and world and we even put like the like on the character sheet next to your health is how much money you have because those two are like intertwined because you need money to survive in this world and you are you owe a lot of money to some powerful people who want it back and that's your main like drive for adventure to do something and also should you like die there's a chance that if you have enough money you can actually be saved by like an emergency response team so it's very like it's attached to your life and your well-being in a way so and you have to yeah. like balance that as well because you you want the money to be able to pay back your debt, but also you need it to survive and you need it to buy the stuff you need to uh, finish the missions. And so keeping track of that is uh, very central to the game. Hmm. I, I did like that characters start out in debt. That, that it's yeah. an immediate baked in motivator that, you know, someone's going to come and, you know, pay you a visit. <laughs> you know, if you don't, you know, so that that's because otherwise it's like, oh, why am I putting my life at risk to go out and do these crazy jobs? Well, it's because, you know, I got a gambling debt or I got a, something, I got a bill I got to pay. And I, I thought that was really good to bake that in right at the character creation. Yep. Yeah. Then you have a bunch of NPCs as well. As a GM, you can like come up with these people and have them, you know, knock on your door from time to time or send you a text. Uh, like I had a, when I ran, I had one of the characters who was like they had been part of a like a cult, and they owed a lot of money owed a lot of money to this cult. And so whenever they would like finish a mission and get a bunch of rewards, the cult would somehow know this because they had like tracked their bank account, so they saw how much money they had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they would just send them a text like, "Oh, I see that you have a bunch of funds on your on your um, on your account here. We really appreciate your generous offer, and you know, <laughs> remind you what happens if you don't contribute." <laughs> <laughs> So they're like, okay, sure, I have to, I have to pay you back because otherwise you'll do something nasty. But yeah, that's like you always have this threat of people wanting your shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I see you brought cults uh, back into this game again. Uh, you know, it's a nice uh, common thread. And, and uh, so what, what are some other common threads you th- think that people would recognize, p- players in Morkborg would recognize in, in Cyborg? Yeah, th- th- there are some some uh, places and names uh, that are similar. Th- th- there's not a lot of them that are like pure Murkbori callbacks. Uh, there, there's a couple of hidden no. ones, but but some other ones are are both uh, like. Alliance and Ink is of course a, a nod back to to Alliance in in uh, the, the nation or or state or whatever you call yeah, it, uh, but it's also uh, the previous right wing coalition of of different parties in Sweden used to be called Alliansen. Really, uh, okay. so I just put incorporated after that and decided that these are the the, uh, the business people. That coalition doesn't exist anymore, uh, but then th- there's things like that um, in there. And Gallibacken is of course Galgenbeck, but but it's yeah. also uh, placed in an area where where uh, the inspiration, the inspirational city for for Sai actually had its old uh, uh, gallows. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So so uh, it's. It's there for a reason, and and uh, other than just being a Murkbori reference, uh, okay. pretty much. But I think you'll recognize some of the, like obviously the system, but also like the the miseries are back in a way, but mm-hmm. in a very different uh, flavor. So which is more f- fitting for the genre, I think. Yeah, I, I was gonna. If you didn't, make, so I thought that was amazing. So I, I love the idea that you know every day you turn on the television. And there's something awful. And I was wondering, yeah. so as, a, as how do you see, beyond just having a news line, so when you guys have play tests or whatever, how have you worked in, or if you could explain that mechanic and like how you've worked it in and play testing into your games? When I ran the play test campaign uh, and the, the gang just finished the, the heist that we turned into the uh, Eitsu Villa heist that we released as a pamphlet in a limited uh, variety uh, or, or amount will probably be available uh, later uh, for, for a more public um, or general public. Uh, but they finished that after midnight so so i did a pretty much a mystery role in the middle of the heist and the i think it was like the cyborgs wins uh, headline that popped up and pretty much when they sped through and and ran away from there they kept running into like uh, roads being blocked off of people doing celebratory riots because some someone won a game uh, that was important and the fans were out celebrating and breaking things pretty much so so they had to like get through that uh, and also pretty much decided that so, some blocks were pretty much unavailable uh, for them or, or they kept away from them because there were riots there uh, mm. so that had didn't have a nasty effect on their life, but it did impact how they did things uh, from going on. And so there were things like that. Um, And someone they knew 
uh, popped up. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the headline, but someone they, they had worked with previously popped up in uh, the news suddenly, and uh, they started to wonder or reframe that entire mission uh, because they no longer knew, like, okay, is, is this is this true? Uh, did we work for this asshole? Uh, and if so, did we help uh, this thing in any way, or was this co- something completely unrelated? Of, and of course, when I designed the mission and, and everything, I had no idea that this was going to happen. But uh, when I rolled that, that person seemed like a good fit to to be uh, involved in something like this, um, uh, something nasty. Uh, so now, who knows? Uh, who who knows if they were part of it or or it was just a bad uh, coincidence? But uh, yeah. But they're all written so that they're just deliberately like uh, you should um, have them affect the party specifically uh, in a lot of times just so you can get that sort of adventure seeds from it or um, like flip everything on its head, basically. Well, that's, that's, yeah, I really like this idea. I know it said like, I think, I don't know if you have to roll it at certain times, but the idea that the world is happening around you Right, yeah. it's not just your mission, right? That I think I like that idea. I think we played one game. They called it the tilt. It's like the middle of the game. You throw in this like zinger, and oh, yeah. and this idea of rolling these headlines. I thought this was a great idea. Like your guys are doing a mission, and you're right. If it's riots, like you're like, oh, well, we're just going to go across town. Are you? No, not you if there's yeah. riots. So <laughs> I I like that feel that the world is happening, right? regardless of your you know yeah. your three-dimensional all powerful players right there's greater <laughs> things going on so yeah that's a pretty cool mechanic and it's also like just like the miseries in Murkbori, um the seventh time this happens something really terrible happens but and that's like the end end game in a way <laughs> but but yeah these are all like you roll every every midnight to see whether or not some some of these miserable headlines occurs so it's just like in Mercbor you decide what die to use and that will determine how long your campaign lasts <laughs> I'm talking about the setting and bringing the miseries in but I like the some of the other feel of the of the setting like the the idea that that everything is kind of in AR and, and VR in 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 meat space all at the same time they all kind of mesh together I feel it would help bring in some kind of alternative missions and even characters. Like if you wanted to play you know, an AI of some type, you know, they can go on a mission with you. It's it's doesn't really yeah. uh, doesn't really affect the game at all because uh, they could be there right next to you. Um, so I, I like that aspect yeah, a lot. They can be like projected so that everyone sees them in their vision, but they're not really yeah. there. And yeah. That's also like because everything is so digital. As like um, always, I feel when you're playing it or running it, you can um, you have so much more information. So that it helps when you when the characters are like solving problems or like a- approaching things that they can con- continue. They can like communicate with each other instantaneously, regardless of where they are. I feel that it's a that's a big change from like r- running Murkbori. So that they always have like a video feed of what the others are seeing, and they can always mm-hmm. like text each other, so that you you never run into the problem where like two of the players are in one room and the others are outside, and they're like, oh, I didn't know this because I didn't see this happening. So you know you always know exactly what's what everyone is seeing, 
if you want to interpret the RCD's working that way. But but I, I kind of like that. It, it makes it way more like transparent and open in a way. So everyone's involved. Yeah. It kind of breaks down kind of the metagaming aspect yeah. too because you don't have to try to pretend like you don't know because you know, you're, you're there too. You, you know what's going on. So you don't have to that, – that uh, crutch – yeah, and it's like, around. what what do I know about this thing? Well, just search for it right now, and you'll find something. Like, you find a video or a meme or a, a news story or whatever about this person or place. Or uh, So, yeah, it's very, like, the information and access, it's a big thing. Hmm. So, uh, in keeping with the kind of the setting idea... This whole like you know ground zero or G zero idea, where did that come from, and and why is that kind of important part of the setting? Uh, <laughs> where did that come from? I I think uh, stumped you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to remember uh, why I felt that I really really needed like a catastrophe zone in the middle of the city. Um, Some sort of Akira thing, maybe. Yeah, mm. I, I think it was partly Akira. I think the wall was really important as well. I, I, I wanted like a big ass wall in the middle of the city uh, that you should absolutely not uh, pass. Um, and of course you should because G0 is, is cool and, and uh, scary and uh, fantastic. Um, that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, yeah. All the, all the good <laughs> yeah. loots on the other side of the exactly. wall. Exactly. <laughs> so, 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 so we wanted like the post-apocalyptic place, and of course, outside of the city, there there's all kinds of post-apocalyptic possibilities as well. But but this is like the the quagmire, the the, the concentrated, limited area, but of absolute horror uh, and and monsters as well. Um, and and probably the source of the nano infections and and uh, so on so if you want to throw in demons and portals to hell into your your side game you put them in g0 and and that's fine uh, because no one i mean we we say that this is where the bombs drop and when there's rocks fell and and so on and it's like yeah sure it, it it may be whatever it can be a portal to hell if you want to go that way it it may be put a portal into other dimensions put a portal into the murk boy world in there yeah. and or yeah. or put like zombies and and whatever you want can can suddenly come out of g0 um aliens yeah, I think. The, I think it's the, also nice yeah. that um, that it's like a, a, a sort of symbolic thing that it's in the middle of the city. It's like the heart of the city is you know rotten and infected, right. corrupted. Mm. So yeah, and I like so it's vague. I, I like that you allow the whoever is going to be the GM. So like little lines like you know whatever is making that sound behind the wall, right? Yeah. Like I was, yeah. you know, that's great because that could be the sound of a machine, an alien, a monster, right? Like it's it could be you know anything, and so I, that's kind of cool because sometimes, at least for me in horror movies and stuff like that, it's always up to the point before you've seen the monster that it's more terrible. You know, yeah. when once you see the special effect, like, oh, it's the three-headed monster, right? You know, this idea of this thing or or this, you know, whatever it is, is actually kind of more powerful, right? So that was very cool. 
And it's like people living right next to it, just outside yeah. the wall, as if nothing's <laughs> happening. Because, yeah, the novelty has worn off, probably. And there are nightclubs inside the wall. And in the wall, right. yeah. inside the wall, you, you you have nightclubs and and things like that going on, uh, because the wall is is commonplace now. It's it's everywhere, um, and I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I think it's a good good thing to have there for you to to explore and use however you want uh, it's like a playground uh, very very close by so yeah, when, exactly. wherever you are you're very close to this theme park of of absolute horror <laughs> if you want to go they clearly the, the night people going to those nightclubs have never watched the old Battlestar galactica right i don't know if you know like, a, like yeah, what's the worst that can happen yeah. <laughs> yeah. because you know party goers in dinner comes out the back it's okay yeah. it's all right yeah, but you could see that, right? People flocking to it. Like, all the people who come and race down yeah. to the beach to film the, you oh, know, yeah, like a, totally. a hurricane or something, right? Yeah. You know, or jump in a car and race to go catch a tornado, right? If you're like, people like, would be drawn to the very thrill of being close to mm. to that, right? So that's yep. that's very interesting. They probably have like tours going in the, <laughs> into the G zero that you can pay a lot of money for, and you know, you're not guaranteed safety or whatever, but. But yeah, it's a very dangerous world, uh, this, definitely. We have something called kill matches. We don't really go into detail what those are, except they are a big like sports event. They're probably like some sort of gladiatorial combat going on, or like mm-hmm. running man, or, you know. But it's, um, yeah, people seek thrills uh, in this world, and they have become like blasé with a lot of things that we find uh, exciting now, I guess. Yeah, jaded. I, I can see it being used uh, as kind of a rite of passage. Uh, you know, uh, to like you know, you haven't really, you're not you don't really have your your stripes until you you've gone in, uh, gone in to G zero. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a lot of interesting ways a, a a GM could could use that and just tease it for like you know months without even going in there and then you know make that kind of the yeah, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. Um, he's planning his his sideboard <laughs> game. <laughs> and at the same time, I think we mentioned that there are like in in certain areas in like Lake Town, there there is uh, people selling fish, clearly uh, fished inside the walls. So yeah. so it's like some people go there pretty much every day and have found some kind of way that they can get out and in and then they just fish there because the competition is less and and uh they don't yeah, the people don't big. stay and, yeah the fish are big fish. And, <laughs> and and you don't see you never see your customers twice anyway so so who yeah. cares if they get who sick or not right. yeah so, so it's like even if it's this rite of passage and it's a big deal, some people are clearly living off going in there, but those are probably hardcore pros somehow, even though yeah. they are not like punks and, and uh, runners in, in the same way. They may be just fishermen, I guess. Yeah, just desperate people who have nowhere else yeah. to fish, pretty exactly. much. Because the corporations have these like fish farms and the giant you know, mm. boats just thro- trolling up the place. But yeah. It's a grim world. And I think like when we're talking about fish and water, I think water is a big thing that separates this uh, setting and city in a bit, uh, in a way, I think, from other uh, cyberpunk settings. Because like everywhere you see, everywhere you watch, it's water. And like it's an, it's a, it's a bunch of islands, basically, the city. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of like canals and, and rivers and lakes and everything. So 
it's um, something to keep in mind, I think, when you run it. Yeah. Is there an underwater location also, or that am I? Yeah, there's um, there's a construction site at least mentioned. Mm, okay. Um, okay. For a, what is it like a entertainment plaza or something uh, like a, a sh- giant, shopping giant shopping mall and yeah, entertainment yeah, okay. plaza that's, being that's being built uh, underneath the lake. Uh, called Undersjön, which is means under the lake, uh, but also kind of uh, very beautiful. Uh, Wonder if, Lake, yeah. yeah or, or wonderful. Um, and so that's being built and, and already being, I think there's possibilities to be invited to, to, the, to, to some kind of party there, for example. Um, and there's... Other, I mean, there, there's underwater like research labs and so on yeah. mentioned as well. Um, going you can buy on like a small submarine in the equipment yeah. list. Exactly. Oh yeah, okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so characters, um, Christian, uh, out of the, the those archetypes that that you have in there, which one is your personal favorite? Oh, that's that's <laughs> picking between your own babies. You know, I know and, that's why I asked. <laughs> I mean, the, the I think sometimes we forget to talk about when we do interviews or, or pitch the games or so. We we forget to mention the nanomancer, uh, as and of course this is what also is different from 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 other cyberpunk games that we we do have the shunned nanomancer who is kind of like a mutated. Uh, First, well, it's a it's a magician pretty much, uh, mm-hmm. but they get their powers from some weird thing, uh, and it's more mutations because they come with really weird things, and it can, it will make you look incredibly non-human if you play a non-monster, um, because you will probably end up with uh, two or more non-powers, and they come with. Uh, infestations that always change you and change how you look in some way. Uh, so you become kind of quite freakish pretty soon. Um, mm. And of course, that's uh, I, I like that one uh, very much. Um, even if it wasn't my, I had to be a bit convinced to to, to put f- weird stuff like we, weird tech yeah. slash magic into the game but once uh, once i figured out that this was what it's supposed to be i i, I like the idea and and hmm. uh, really like it but i mean the the renegade cyber slasher the melee the cybered up melee freak that may start each day with uh, tending to their favorite plants and as some kind of ritual or or, or doing some kind of chaos magic ritual uh, or, or just meditate it's it's cool and also they can start with a flail so so you know who who wouldn't pick that class as their favorite <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I mean i like them all uh it's uh six classes that we uh, we could have done more uh to mm-hmm. be honest because we didn't feel like we were running out of ideas or, or i didn't feel like i was running out of ideas uh, so I'm looking forward to, to maybe in the future uh, design a few more classes myself uh, sometime. But um, I think we got like we got most of the important like concepts uh, in there. We got the hacker. We got the 
magic user, I guess. And yeah. we got the melee guy and we got drone the, guy. Yeah, the drone guy or or slash driver and we got the yeah, so I really like the Orphan Gearhead. I just the idea of, of, of walking around with a weapons platform is just Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johan, um, do you have a favorite? No, I'm, I'm I kind of like the Orphan Gearhead actually, now now that you mention it. And not only because you can begin with the giant walking weapons platform, but also because like the concept of them having being like abandoned by their like like mentor or friend, mm. and now they don't they don't trust humans anymore. They just wanna they just trust machines because they are like cold code and steel and something you can rely on. And like all of our classes are kind of like abandoned in some way or like shunned or you know. Uh, they're hated by society or someone else but yeah this one is very much like you're on your own now like you mm. you used to have someone and now you only have your uh, your, your workshop and your tools and your drones uh, so, yeah yeah as, as gamers we can all relate to this exactly <laughs> yeah. <being shunned. laughs> you happen to hang around with a bunch of other punks in your party but you know you don't really trust them because they're not machines right and you, you touched on it a bit, uh, Christian. Uh, if you could go into a little, kind of give some examples of, of uh, what you wanted with the, the nano powers and the infestations after you were convinced. I mean, I, I, I really wanted them to be something else than, than just what we expect from... from uh, hackers or, or standard magic from, from from normal fantasy games or something. I wanted them to be something something more, something special, something weirder uh, mm-hmm. and uh, unexplained. Um, and there's a lot of like mutation stuff going on there. Uh, there's strange things from, from I mean, the, the inspiration from those comes from all over the place, and and some of them are are more obvious than other. That um, there are some of them are pulled from from comic books and and mm-hmm. things like that. That it's like pretty obvious if you if you think about it, and others are like pulled out of weird esoterica and. Uh, ideas from all kind of magic traditions that we made into made more real i guess uh, and, and more direct uh, third eyes and and everything like that which is also of course a classic and then there exists a bunch of in all sorts of media everywhere uh, but uh, yeah it's we yeah. wanted them to be weird and and feel weird and kind of be scary and nasty there, there's a reason why it's called the shunned not a monster uh, and in the playtest campaign that the person who, who played that class had like three of them to start out with and turned out to look when we tried to imagine that character we all felt like sick and ill because it was just all sorts of things going going on with their look and everyone just hated that character because we we couldn't like get past how how this person must look uh but um yeah he was there and and uh, refused to die so uh, <laughs> 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 uh 
Yeah. It's a lot of body horror going on. Absolutely, yeah. 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 There's a lot of body horror and a lot of weirdness and uh, uh, all the good stuff, I guess. So in going with the idea that you could have any reason behind your ground zero, whether it could be, you know, like you said, an asteroid, a gateway to hell, I was looking at uh, you also have almost like um, – I hate to call them magic items, right? So, you know, significantly advanced technology might appear to be magic, but there's like cursed items. And Mm -hmm. and so, again, this, uh, I don't know if you could talk about the cursed items or not, but in my head, I thought, well, these could be technologically explained or not. we, we we call them the the infested items and and infested means probably non or related and so so I think that for for the infested ones they are probably something nano infested uh, in in some way or another uh, but that and and of course we don't explain exactly what the nano is so so you can make that into whatever you want. Um, and we also mentioned like prototype uh, technology that that is mm. more similar to to the high advanced uh, tech, uh, but of course they they both can be true at the same time. Um, so I think we we in the Stockholm Cartel and and like Merc Boy we, we do like powers that come with some kind of. Uh, bad thing risk, related yeah. to it or, or risk cost, or, yeah. or direct cost or, or something like that uh, so having once we had the like the concept of nano being an infection or an infestation uh, then having items also uh, be like being able to be infested or, or so on would made sense and so and that made it possible for us to put whatever we want without having to even think about a possible scientific explanation because if we mm. if we decide to put in uh lasers in there uh which there are also laser guns and, and so on mentioned uh, or or we if we, if we want to do rail guns or, or whatever like and, and keep on going more and more advanced uh, i think as soon as we start to think science we want something to kind of back it up that this could be somehow possible um, even if we go like okay we can't figure out the, the energy source uh, it's not possible for us to figure out but if we imagine that there is this really really uh, cool new completely new energy source then we can do this thing okay then we can do it but otherwise we feel i i feel that maybe we need to tone it back down but having this weird element and and alien uh, nanobacteria riding nanomachines or, or whatever we uh, call it it uh, makes it okay we can do whatever we want we we, we don't have to, yeah. to um, limit ourselves here that's also one of the few like really supernatural elements i think because mm-hmm. we're referencing like bacteria from outer space that are like hijacking these nanorobots and these nanorobots are now in your body so probably multiplying and like building more of themselves so they can since they are nano like they are so small they can be pretty much everywhere probably in every breath of air that you breathe in the city more or less so it's yeah like you said it allows us to make pretty much magic items and just say instead of saying like oh a wizard did it it just say oh it's nano so you know it's very convenient and very 
makes it very easy to just come up with stuff on the fly. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, you have you've built up such a community of of creators. So I'm sure that I didn't really go too deep into what's out there already, but I'm sure there's some folks that are going to go crazy uh, with the idea and just build on the whole. You know what? What since you didn't you've left it kind of vague and open, they can kind of decide what this nano infestation is and build a whole uh, thing out of that. Yeah. Um, and 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 you could have somebody else do it you know, completely different. You have it be more magic or hell related, and and you know, both those things can coexist in this game. So um, I think that's pretty cool that uh, you've left things uh, uh, up to you know, us the. Uh, the people playing the game to to make those decisions what what suits us best rather than having to go in and 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 really hack it and uh, well I wish it was this and I think <laughs> if we change this rule yeah. here and this rule here then we can kind of make it work but if you, you know, leaving it open I think is is gives us the you know and for most cyborg campaigns what nano actually is won't matter at all. Mm, so no, you, no. I mean, leaving it open doesn't mean you have to come up with your own idea to yeah. to. You, it's not something that requires you to solve it before you start playing. You can just start playing, and if this is where your campaign is going, figuring out the source of nano and curing it, or or or, or expanding upon it, or or whatever do so but otherwise you can just let it be just yeah. say we don't know and that's good enough uh, because there's so many things in 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 our world and and so on that we don't know for sure and we can go on with our lives and and great things can happen anyway so i think that's important to to like remember that you don't have to have an answer for everything that is going on yeah well, right. I mean, it would be like if you, which like a fantasy game, like, okay, before we go into the dungeon, I'd really, my fighter would really like to understand how steel is forged. If you could explain this <laughs> yeah, to right. me, my sword, like I, I don't feel like I, I can go in and slay it. the goblin until I understand how, what temperature, right, right. We just, it's a sword. I have, you know, today it's like, I have my cell phone. I could, I mean, I understand yeah. the concept, but there could be little tiny critters running around inside that rectangle. I, I don't know. So, yeah. And I've been on I've been on role-playing game forums long enough to know that these people do exist, but maybe <laughs> this game is not for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to please everybody. Right, right. Uh, no. And I think this is like the preferred way that we play it, and uh, I know it's not for everyone, but uh, I, I, think it, I think, think it really helps with like, yeah, letting you like come up with stuff. Uh, so... And yeah, as you said, Christian, you don't have to think about everything. You don't have to know everything. Yeah, and I think you know us as a, as a group, we we tend to kind of balance back and forth. Sometimes we we want the the, the super crunch, like your 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 GURPS and hero system, yeah. and sometimes we want something pretty uh, pretty light that that we can just uh, start rolling with, and, and you don't have to take you know three weeks to make a character. So no, there's room for everything. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, I, again, reading through the rules, it's like, okay, I read through this one time. I could play this game within like half an hour. I could play. Now, I say that because I've read some of the other systems, right? So I am somewhat familiar with the mechanics. But so if you've been around playing, it's a very accessible uh, system. Mm. Um, I actually like, I don't know. So, so I, I don't know. There's like, um, 
what it's originally based on, but this might be something if people might be interested in, is uh, the idea of like the GM really not making a lot of roles. That most mm-hmm. of the roles are player roles. So in most games, you take or most traditional like D and D, the GM will roll a monster's attack, right? Or roll yeah. the actions. Whereas I believe if I read in this system, this is a where the GM might state this person attacks you. It's the player who rolls to defend against a yes. target number, right? And that's yeah. And that's uh, that's from Merpori originally. Yeah. I'm not really sure where Pella got that inspiration from, but the, the, I mean, there there are other completely player-facing yeah, yeah. rule systems as well, uh, and and I'm also not sure where Pella got it from. But the reason why we kept it is, of course, because we the philosophy with, with changing rules was if we. We really need to come up with a, a reason and, and explanation on why we should change this uh, from from Mercury, and I don't think we actually ended up changing anything. We we clarified some things uh, yeah. when it comes to glitches and and uh, compared to omens, but that's just like mm-hmm. okay, we we maybe we should clarify that you have to decide on on if you want to use a glitch to lower uh the difficulty rating you have to spend the glitch before you roll because otherwise yeah. that was easy to uh <laughs> just say okay uh, but if i spend a glitch now i make the roll and that's that's no fun because the other one other win, uh, thing you could use a glitch for or an omen for was the re-roller roll and why would you pick re-roll when you can see that if i lower it by four i can make the roll but yeah yeah, but I think uh, in terms of like player-facing systems like this, it really gives the players full control of what's happening to them. And also, like if if they are hit by an attack, like they they the, the the GM didn't roll to attack, like they didn't roll high. The players had to fail their roll, so it's like their fault. Like it's on it's on you if you uh, if you fail, you know. So. I think it adds a lot of like tension and weight to every role because you as a player, like the fate is literally in your hand as you right. die. <laughs> and so, that's and, why and, and every role is open as well. Like you have no screen that you can hide behind. So you can't fudge any roles. So hmm. if you know, if you die, you die. So that's uh, at least in my in my experience playing these systems like compared to others, I think it really um, adds a lot of like importance to every role, which I like. And you, you really should let your players roll the damage roll that roll yes. the damage they take as well, because that's that's the most painful part. Uh, rolling to see, <laughs> oh my god, I, I I'm hit, and then you hear the GM say like, okay, and it's a D8 in damage, D8, and you yeah. look at your three hit points, and you go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> uh, and and that's much more painful but also enjoyable that than than just waiting for the gm uh, especially if if it's behind the screen or anything to say oh you you're hit for three damage it's like oh mm. that was precisely what i needed and uh, to to go off or die um yeah. but i think it also makes it i mean it's not a rules heavy game uh, but not having to bother with roles. There are a couple of roles that you roll as a GM or, mm. or probably roles that there are like random encounters and there's yeah. reaction tables or the reaction table or so on. I, I 
Um, I prefer to do those rolls myself because it also means that I get to roll some dice. Uh, but during combat, I can instead focus on what's going on and what's happening and yeah. describing uh, doors being blown to pieces and so on while someone is rolling. Uh, and and we everyone else is more engaged and, and not having to wait for me to... Uh, think and do maths in my head uh, or, or try to find where my dice is uh, we can just go on uh, with the game yeah. as we are rolling it's not a big difference depending on since there's not that many rolls anyway uh, but whatever every little bit helps I think are the difficulty classes set or is it a negotiation? So you might be like, you have a dis, you know, you have to roll a 12 or higher. Is there like, do people have like skills or items? I, I know there's one, there's like a, an ability that can lower, but are there mm. things like, oh, I've got this piece of equipment, you know, and is that a negotiation on the difficulty class or is it kind of each certain tasks are just set? I think, I think that, go on. I think it's a playstyle thing. Like we don't really determine it in the book. There are, as you mentioned, there are some items and stuff, and or like situational bonuses. But I think like when I run it, it's usually some kind of discussion. I will usually like do a ruling depending on the situation and the the what they're attempting. But if the player has another idea and thinks like, oh, I think this should be this, you know, uh, difficulty rating instead, then I'm not a stranger to like adapting and changing that so that everyone is part of it but but yeah i like to keep that pretty open i know not everyone does that but um they're meant to be like the nor normal difficulty is 12 and then you can go up and down you know and there's a lot of factors that can change that so i like to keep that as a discussion yeah I, I like the discussion aspect because it it uh it kind of gets you away from the dice a little bit and makes makes them kind of think about okay what's my character doing right now and why should I get this this uh, this bonus or, or whatnot and and anything that gets the, the player to describe the scene and help describe the scene uh, I think that's a good addition to the game I also kind of like oh, oh, I just kind of like it because they can think outside the box and not always have to look at what they have on the character sheet and, and, and yeah. you know, use the environment or whatever. So, yeah, yeah no, not just I swing my sword, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that, DC 12, have a good day, right? You know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess kind of the last uh, round of, of questions, for, at least from my end, um, you've gotten a lot of. A lot more digital tools for for Mork Borg now. Uh, what wh what are your plan plans for digital tools for for Cyborg? Are there like like monster generators? Or, you know? We're we're working on almost a monster generator in a in a way, uh, but we're working on a on a character generator, a, the the punk maker, um, mm -hmm. and we're also working on a. Uh, NPC generator, um, so creating very interesting NPCs with with um, including what they're like, kind of doing or or what's going on right now and and where they're from and and uh, the, all sorts of things, um, 
and also the the job creator, the mission generator. Okay. Uh, one reason why the book is twice as long as or twice as big as Mercboy uh, or twice as many pages as Mercboy um, is that there is a lot of random tables uh, to create missions and to uh, specific, especially to create missions, but also like events and what's going on and and uh, character traits and wants and and styles and so on uh, but the mission generator is i think it's like how long is it no nine like... spreads or something yeah. um where where you come up with you you can roll who's offering the mission who's the contact for for like who contacts you uh what a, what a job is uh where the what the target is where the target is located how's the security and of course what's the reward and what's the complication uh that that comes up like what what goes wrong or or what can happen uh like to this mission and and having that on just a mouse click away is uh, hmm. gonna be really nice. Yeah, that's like pretty infinite cool. Infinite adventures, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and will there be a, a bare bones edition? Uh, we haven't really discussed that yet. Uh, okay. Right mm-hmm. now, we're focusing on getting the game out in stores first. <laughs> getting we'll, my, my fucking we'll, book. We'll <laughs> yeah. The, the, there are the, the, and Johan has been busy with the, the, the other stuff uh, and I have also been busy with other gaming and, and other stuff uh, so, so we haven't really um, we, we have had some ideas on what's next for, for Cyborg uh, absolutely and there's more coming uh, yeah. the, for sure uh, but we haven't really I haven't really had a time to sit down properly and yeah. like plan, yeah. yeah, plan it. No, so no. We, we, there's there's been there's been workings on 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 each separate side of us. I think, like, yeah, but yeah, things are coming. Okay. Hey, you, you guys went to Gen Con, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh. How was that? How'd you like indie? <laughs> I mean, indie as a city. It's <laughs> a place on earth. It's a place. I mean, the con, the con was a different Fair, thing. That yeah, was, Fair. yeah, that was, yeah. that was really fun. And <clears throat> we'll definitely return the um, some year. And I think you know it was a lot of fun just meeting people. And we had we didn't have our own like booth, but we were together with Free League, and we right. we had like a shrinking corner in their booth where we could sell our stuff and have like a home base. And it shrunk, nice. it shrunk because we kept selling out of our stuff. So, yeah. so we didn't yeah. have anything Good problem. more to, to yeah. put there. And Not because they sort of pushed us out. <laughs> yeah, we actually didn't need much more space. Well, um, I know that Doug is a pushy guy. So. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you should come to uh, PAX Unplugged. That's a lot easier for for Matt and I to get to. So where, <laughs> so yeah, where is Philadelphia? Yeah, Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, mm. it's a lot yeah. smaller. It's not mm. quite mm. the crush of humanity that uh, Gen Con is. <laughs> How big is a lot smaller? Um, uh, do you know? What do you think? How many people mm. do you think were there? Like five thousand? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. That is a lot smaller, but, but, it's, but yeah, it's a lot smaller. But it's nice because you could actually go up and talk to right to people, and, yeah. and they could give you a few minutes of their time. And and that was uh, it was a lot of fun last year. I've been a couple times, but it's, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty yeah. good show. 
Now I think we'll definitely go to more more accounts now that we have a like a a couple of different books and games to to yeah. offer. Uh, so we have you know Mercury and this and Death in Space as well, and so there's there's a there's a lot more in like our repertoire that we can yeah that we can show and offer. So that's that's fun. That's good. Awesome. Last question for me, uh, and Matt, do you have anything you want to? Any? I don't really have any questions? last question. No, I think I've covered everything. I know so, I have lots uh, of lots of questions about game <laughs> mechanics, but I'm gonna. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so, so Christian, what was your? What were you listening to when you're writing this game? What was your soundtrack? Uh, I mean, we 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 posted a, a posted a playlist and on mm-hmm. on the uh, Kickstarter page, uh, but nice there was a lot of uh, for me a lot of now old uh, industrial and noise. Um, I think that Alec Empire versus Marisbau live at the CBGB is is an incredible album all the way through. Um, uh, author and Punisher, the body, the uh, Einsturz and the Neubaut and and yeah. uh, Boris and and also like Drone and Sun and uh, Tarmvriad uh, and uh, all sorts of uh, fun fun people. But also, I mean, uh, there's a laser metal or whatever they call it a, a Finnish band called Night Satan which makes almost hmm. like synthwave uh, some kind of retro retro synth thing that is nice to to listen to uh, and yeah a lot of that sort of thing industrial and noise and and uh, the EBM uh, sort of things but not exclusively but but a lot of that yeah uh, I listen to a lot of uh, Nitzareb and in in ministry and, and a little bit of a I can say the the, the German band uh, Einsturzend. Einsturzend um, Neubauten, yes. Okay, right. Neubauten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, collapsing new buildings. I know that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> great band. Just uh, really cool recordings too. But anyway, uh, Johan, what about you? Or are you? Uh, uh, pretty similar. I think. I think I also when I when I was illustrating. There was a lot of like uh, crust punk rock, um, a lot of like hardcore, bunch of hip hop as well, and like mm. those kind of genres that I felt was important to catch the sort of grungy, like the scrappy vibe, or like the <laughs> dirty vibe of the whole thing here. Yeah. So there was a lot of like very angry bands. Uh, tried to avoid metal as much as I could uh, because I didn't want it to like sort of feel too much like Bleed Little in. Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the the playlist that we did encapsulates pretty well what we think this game sounds like. Um, I'll be sure to link that. I'll have to look. Yeah, at my yeah. check that out. Uh, and especially you, like the opening track uh, is a very good like introduction to it. Hmm. Yeah, and 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 you also have like on on uh, at the credits page you you have uh, yes. a, a list of um, uh, artists that oh, that okay. inspired it. So so I think that's that's actually longer than than the playlist is. And when it comes to that sort of thing, because we couldn't put, when we made the playlist uh, or put together the playlist, we we couldn't do everything. But it's a very, 
it's a rough listen that playlist because it goes from <laughs> it goes from really really harsh noise into mm-hmm. a smooth synth wave and then a really rough hip hop track and uh, so on so so you're um it's all over the place yeah, it's so. yeah it's really all over the place and and that's how we feel like the cyborg world is mm. uh, everything it's not a do metal game it's it's uh it's this great juxtaposition thing everything is mashed together kind of game and all of these styles exist at the same time in this world because all of these styles exist now uh today uh it's not just pop uh right now it's it's everything at once uh subcultures don't just die off that they right. they keep existing and somewhere someone is listening to to something that you Everything, thought yeah. was dead 20 years ago but in, somewhere someone is is running a club based on those uh, right. like artists and so on so sampling's uh, not going away even in even in the dark <laughs> dystopian <no>. future <laughs> No, yeah, absolutely not. And there's still like uh, like uh, retro vinyl shops inside, definitely. Right. Yeah, I think so I think we have nothing uh, ever goes away. Yeah, I think we have vinyl records uh, mentioned in in there. Uh, yes. somewhere. Uh, for That's example. funny. Uh, I think it can be an obsession, or or or. It's also in one of the arcs, like one of the ads for like vinyl mm-hmm. store because awesome. Yeah, yeah. I felt that when I. Uh, going, flipping through it and then getting to the the page for the hills, that was like mm-hmm. such a uh, quite a departure from the the earlier pages. It was like, oh, okay, it's all bright and blue. <laughs> well, somebody's doing well, right? They yeah, might yeah, be on the backs of everybody yeah, exactly. else, but they're doing great, right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And especially, I think that image. If you also have like your Mercury copy next to it, and you flip to the page about um, Anthelia and. Caragos, there's a mm-hmm. yellow page with like a lady ripping the head off a knight. Mm-hmm. They're kind of similar. It's like a, it's like a f- callback to that. It's like a, a homage mm. to to her. So like she represents the the the, the nobility or the, the ultra rich here. And so like there's a, there's a few of those like visual references uh, to Mokbori. But uh, that's very cool. I like yeah, definitely. I can. Yeah, def- yeah, it's a lot, but I, I kind of like that image because, like, there's the serenity of like this lady, like petting her um, uh, cat creature, like DNA spliced weird cat. Uh, but at the same time, you have this like gate with like machine gun turrets on top of uh, next to her. So I mean, it's, it's a like, really beautiful fence gate. It's it's yeah, not yeah. like uh, it's not a prison <laughs> gate or anything. Gorgeous. But, but uh, absolutely, no, it's like gorgeous and very like elegant. But you're not welcome here. <laughs> stay out <laughs> yeah well Johan thanks for coming back Christian it was a pleasure meeting and, and talking to you uh, like we've felt like we've kind of dipped into your brain a little bit which is which is uh, it's not a bad place um, <laughs> <laughs> have you read the game uh, <laughs> well yeah, if you knew, in context of of me being who I am and Matt you know it's it's not bad so yeah yeah right it's very nice to be here again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, thanks again for 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 coming and staying up late with us, and uh, uh, look forward to uh, getting you guys back on here uh, next time something cool comes out. 
Awesome. Sounds good. Right. Uh, thanks. And uh, good night, everyone. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, spending some time with us. Appreciate it.